Here we go. Folks, this is your host Cameron Ivy of Privacy Please, and thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't, let's just pretend you didn't listen to it. Thanks again for coming in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Privacy Please. I am your host Cameron Ivy, and with me, as always, Mr. Gabe Gums. Gabe, how you doing? I am well, my friend. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's yeah. Friday Eve. I'm yes. sipping on a kombucha. I not my that. typical. I it's a health that. aid. Yeah, so I noticed the brand also. It's not one of my faves, but it's a good one in a pinch. I'll say I like the bottle better than the others. It's Makes me that, feel like I'm a little fancy. 1960s medicine bottle kind of vibe to it. Like, like there might be something that would be illicit in there today kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I am Either down. that or like the old school root beers. Yes, that I used to get. Yes. Um, I think it was Outback used to um, give it to you in the old school bottles like this. But yeah. I digress. Yeah, yeah. We're no, here, here for we're, other reasons. We are. Yeah. <laughs> now I want a root beer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or a beer. Because <laughs> I'm not a twelve year old anymore. <laughs> Anyways, we we do have a special guest with us here. It is Kelly. Finnerty, uh, she's the director of brand and content at Startpage, and we are so excited to have Kelly on. Kelly, thanks for for joining the show. Uh oh, <laughs> I noticed. Did she cut? Did she cut out on your side? She did. The oh video, no! The video went right out as you were as you were making the introduction, and I. Uh... I suspected that we lost her. It's all right. She'll be back uh, in a okay. minute. okay. Yeah, She'll we'll be back be, in a minute. I mean, we should. We can just keep recording. I, I, start page for those who are are not familiar is uh, is a search engine. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's a very privacy based search engine, um, of which there are a number of them these days. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm I'm quite happy to see. So I'm I'm very interested to to hear quite a bit more about uh, about the organization and and kind of what their mission is and what they're up to over there, but uh, kind of by and large searching, which is rather analogous to what we do here at Spear, right? Like it, the basis for a lot of what we do to set out to protect data begins with searching for things, finding it. Uh, searching on the web though is a whole different ball of wax. Uh, sometimes people make jokes about like, you know, would you, would you be willing to share your search history with, with, with like other people, with anyone? Like you were talking about like things that are really private. It's like, would, what would you be willing for others to see that you searched for? Cause I think we all have some obscure search things in our history, right? Like good, bad, and indifferent, but like, yeah, who among us haven't been sitting around and thinking, Hmm, I wonder, and just <laughs> right to the old Google, right? That's uh so the thing is, uh, Organizations like Google, which you know got their start in search, they they obviously collect and they aggregate and they they mine this data and then they they do a number of things with it. They monetize it, uh, you know, they use it to sell us ads. Um, but ultimately, your search is a very private thing, which is why most people aren't just so willing to to just expose it all to the world. Right? Um, wouldn't that be something? What do you what do you think browsing would be like if if your if your search history were like 
public on a blockchain ledger and like everyone could just like follow it. People would behave quite differently. But again, so. a very in, a very intimate thing that 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 process of 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 exploration and asking questions and asking questions of the internet. Uh, only the internet doesn't forget. And uh, you know, one of the interesting things you can do with like. With Google, you can you can actually see what searches are trending. You can see what people are searching for the most today. For example, um, you can go back in in time and see what they searched for, what, what the most searched for thing on any given day was. Right, uh, all of that information is readily available. And so Kelly, when she returns, will uh, well she'll give us the breakdown on Start Page and where they fit into this picture. Oh, look at that. Look at oh, that. So close. All right, good. Good time. There's not a lot of editing Sorry, left. Guys. That's okay. I'm just like, peace. Um, <laughs> I'm bored. Back to the beach. I was like, is, this a- is it April Fool's? I didn't know what was going right. on. Um, all I can say is my internet just like turned off um, or went out. Um, so that's beach beach internet for you. Oh, there uh, you go. But I'm sorry about that. No, no worries. You know what? We kept rolling. Gabe actually uh, introduced your company and what you guys do actually pretty well. And we're Great. just, we're, we're still rolling. And um, we just, again, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we're, we're really ha- excited to have you on. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Kelly, what I did was I, I, I kind of gave an audi- the audience a primer on, you know, a little bit of the history of private searching in general and the internet, uh, but more importantly, why it is, why that has such a visceral connection to us. And what I was discussing was, you know, kind of one of those age old questions, would you be willing to share your search history with it, with anyone, with everyone? Like what, what would your behavior be like if your search history were just on a blockchain ledger just for the world to see probably quite different, but I'll leave it there. We'll start where we always start, which is uh, tell us about yourself. Um, well, um, as you alluded to, I'm, I'm living by the beach. <laughs> um, so I, I'm an L.A. native, um, but I have lived in four different countries, lived and worked in four different countries. So it does wow. lend myself to a more, hopefully a more kind of international understanding, which is very interesting from a privacy perspective. Uh, StartPage itself is a Dutch company, um, and we have team members in Berlin, Germany, um, and then here in LA and kind of throughout pockets of the US. And our audience is primarily European. Um, so kind of the four years I lived and worked in London really help out as well as the time I spent in Barcelona, Spain. Um, and I will say that kind of interestingly, it gives you that different mix of European mindset of privacy and the US mindset, um, which is kind of different. Uh, I imagine kind of slightly skewed with the two of you, um, but with the wider public, definitely something very different. Um, but yeah, that's uh, some some info about me. Interesting. Awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about StartPage. And um, I know that, you know, we highlighted a little bit what it, what it is, but let's, let's dive into that and, and what you do there. And how that kind of ties in with security and privacy and what that means to you. Great. Yeah. So um, StartPage is, it was the first ever private search engine, which is a fun fact to claim. Um, And essentially what we do is we serve as a proxy for anyone searching and browsing online so that you'll never have your IP address or personal data passed. And the way that we do that and it's very unique to the way that start page functions versus any other private search engine is we have a multi-layer 
server application. So essentially, I'm searching from the U.S. Um, I, in my settings, set that I would like to have a, to use our European on-premise server. So I search for bicycles. That search then goes to start pages locked, secure, uh, on-premise server. At that level, they remove our your IP address, any personal data happens at that server. It's completely deleted. And then your search term only, bicycles, makes its way to our application servers. And, and those are in the cloud. Um, and at that point, all the data that's in there is your search query and that start page is searching. That then gets pinged to our search index provider, which is Google. Very uniquely, we are the private search engine that delivers Google results versus Microsoft Bing results. Um, all the others use Microsoft Bing. Um, and from there, your search results get passed back again through that on-premise server. So just another layer of protection for people. And as the user, you get completely unprofiled search results, meaning not based on your location, not based on your prior browsing history, your device type, and so on. Um, and so that's really helpful from like, you know, not cutting down on the amount of ads <laughs> that follow you around. You search for bicycles once and then like spandex ads are everywhere. Um, and also from a price discrimination perspective. So, you know, living a, searching in a, a higher economic area um, or using an Apple device, you're more likely to see either higher prices or fewer discount offers, codes, coupons. Um, so you won't have that when you're searching on start page. Uh, and then it also really helps from my, my perspective of being really interested in news and um, like when the elections were going on, being able to um, escape that filter bubble. And mm -hmm. not sure if you guys kind of have talked about the filter bubble much, but it's really important right now where, you know, algorithms are not always being built to like manipulate and be evil. They're being built around your behavior online. Mm -hmm. But what happens is like if you go to certain news sites or you research certain topics, you're starting to build this bubble around yourself so you don't see all of the news and information that's available out there. So searching on start page, you're guaranteed to escape that filter bubble. So I don't think we've actually touched on that ever on this show. So yeah. I, I definitely want to dig into that a bit. Um, I, I probably escaped that bubble for some you know, very specific reasons based on my own behaviors that date back, you know, for as long as I've been in InfoSec. Um, like, for example, I only ever shop for plane tickets for my Palm Pilot. This way I make sure I get the cheapest possible. No, I'm kidding. Um, but now I will be. Now I'm going to go buy a Palm Pilot. Seriously. That's right. Yeah, just so I can go buy plane tickets for my next destination. <laughs> See what they can do with that. But let's talk more about this filter bubble because bubbles in general uh, have caused a lot of misinformation on all fronts. Um, I mean, since the dawn of time. But uh, how problematic is this bubble for users? I mean, I think it came up really clear when during the election this year in the U.S., um, where, you know, we saw just really extreme voices from two sides mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. maybe like unbiased, neutral stories that were giving the facts. And because of this bubble, you know, if you're on Facebook, for example, and, you know, the people you follow, the posts that you click on, that starts to create this bubble. So 
when you start to go like down a certain path of believing certain information and then only that point of view or like kind of an avalanche of that point of view, like kind of a building growing part of it um, is all that you see in that feed. You don't have that balanced view of the person who's on the other side of the argument and go, oh, wait, actually, like, even though I believe this, that's a really valid statement. Maybe I'm more neutral than I thought I was, but it just takes people down a really heightened extreme belief path when all they can see is like one very loud point of view. And that happens on both sides of the fence in politics. Sure, sure. There is, uh, I think, a general, I don't know if it's a misconception or not, so I, I want to talk about it. But there's this kind of general notion that most people aren't as interested in their own privacy as, as maybe folks like you and I are because, you know, we, we practice it and, and you know, we, we preach about it and talk about it daily. Facebook has some 2.7 billion monthly active users. So I'm cynical enough to believe that maybe maybe a lot of people don't really care about their privacy. <laughs> but but what is it that drives people to use start page? Um a start page is the people that care and then take action. Mm. Cuz actually everyone if you ask people, do you care about your privacy? They're like, yeah. And yeah. then they're like, okay, are you willing to change your default settings? Are you willing to like peruse a privacy policy? Um, that's like when the people start falling off the cliff. Right. Um, right. Um, 2.7 billion people monthly. They, yeah, they just fall yeah. back into that Facebook hole. Yes. Yeah. And so like um, a Pew research, you know, did study on it and overwhelmingly the majority of people care about their online privacy and want it. What, where it gets tricky is the people actually willing to take that next step. Um, mm-hmm there's so many different threat levels for individuals and um, Gabe, like I'm sure like, yeah, with the kind of your Palm pilot, like that is so many extra steps that the regular person is. Yeah, not gonna no, they're do. not going to do that. Right. right. <laughs> but like start page is probably the easiest step because it's free. Um, it's super accessible. You can either go to startpage.com, set it as your homepage. You can install an extension and then that will make it your default on Chrome, on Firefox, um, you know, we're now growing um, with Vivaldi. We did an actual partnership with them where we're a default mm-hmm. option. So we're trying our best to make it super accessible, but it, it does take that one step from caring to doing that really I'm thinking about every day. I got to ask you a really hard question then because I talk oh, no. about Yeah, super hard. I don't usually <laughs> throw I don't usually throw curveballs in this show. You know that. Um, but if it's free, am I the product or am I the customer? A great question. And like honestly, I would say that's the second most popular question that we get um, opposed to who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me again. Start where? Start page. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay. Question two, how do you make money? Um, so yeah. And we're super open and, and like want to be as transparent about it as possible. So we make money from contextual advertising. Mm. Um, every single time you search on start page, you will see three very clearly labeled ads at the top of your search results page. Um, so again, the bicycle thing, right? Um, I'm searching for bicycles. All of all that start page knows is that I'm interested in bicycles. So advertisers who have purchased the term bicycles, 
their ads will appear in those three search terms. So it's not, you know, that you are based in LA, um, like the outdoors, um, like searching about how to get in shape, you know, um, or like, you know, something about my health or something like that. Uh, so, and then the, the contrast of that, um, and how, you know, the big tech, uh, behemoths make their money is behavioral advertising. So with behavioral, they can do everything down to your device type, location, previous purchases, um, you know, people in your contact email contact list, um, and really focus in on saying this is like the most qualified person for your sales. And also with behavioral, they can do things like conversion tracking to show, mm-hmm. hey, so this person searched for bicycles. They clicked on the ad. We then followed them through geolocation and they went to your store. You owe us more money for this conversion um, advertising. We don't we don't touch that. We do contextual advertising. Um in our lens, it's respectful in that, hey, you're searching for bicycles. Maybe some ads about bicycles make sense to you. Um, and that's that's how we do it. That makes perfect sense. So then let's rewind in time a bit because uh, you mentioned StartPage was the first uh, private or privacy-focused search uh, organization, which I, I have to plead a little bit of ignorance to. I did not realize that. I, I would have failed that quiz and would have said someone else. Um, so well, tell me exactly when it was founded, by whom, and, and kind of what was their mission? What was their ethos when they set out to do this? Totally. By that someone else, does it quack? <laughs> that someone else does quack, yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so we were founded in 2006 in the Netherlands. And um, our co-founder and our current day-to-day CEO is Robert E.G. Beans. Um, And so he has such an interesting background. Um, He, for his education, has a law background. And then um, directly out of university, uh, trained to become a KLM pilot. Interesting. Hmm. Um, And then also, you know, having a a family. Um, And so he... um, was working he and and through his family they had like kind of different search engines media properties that he was flying as a pilot and then kind of managing these companies and seeing where they could go mm. um and with with start page it previously was uh xquick ixquick um and it was a meta search and essentially the engineers came to robert and said um you know, we're going to need more money for more servers to host all of the data we're collecting. And, you know, Robert said, all right, well, let, let's talk about what this data is. Um, and from there, you could really see how personal search history is, right? You could see somebody down to their IP address searching about health issues, family problems, um, you know, how to get help, Um yeah. You know, everything that you use for your search engine, your search engine is like a running diary of what's happening in your life. And it probably knows a lot more about you than some of your closest friends and family. Oh, so Robert, right, right, right. Um, so, um, you know, Robert thought about that and t- discussed it with the team and together they said, 
ethically, we don't feel comfortable having and storing this amount of information on people. And then he's also a very savvy businessman. And he said, you know, you're not going to out Google Google. Like they are the best search index. Um, we could actually at any time work with Microsoft Bing, but we pay more per search result through Google because they're superior search results. Um, so he said, what's Google not great at? And that's privacy. Um, so he was able to, um, you know, talk with Google and the fact that like we do consider them a partner in some ways we go, there's just amazing tools and connectivity that Google has created, but there's also, we want to make sure that people have a choice when they search to have that completely in private, to ask a really private question, to research private information. And so we wanted start page to be that choice that really offers you the ability to search. And then with our anonymous view feature to browse information online, knowing that you're not being monitored or have like this search history that can be subpoenaed and used in a court of law to address your character. That is fascinating. Not out Googling Google is a like, good strategy. It's, yeah. I mean, we're, we're never going to out Google Google, right? No. Like it's, it's, it's insane what they are able to build and have built. Um, I do think that um, it just m- making sure that there's checked balance checks checks and balances of power is right. really important. Um, and you know, that's kind of on us as individuals and then also on us as other tech providers to create those other options. Mm-hmm. So where does StartPage see itself in 10 years from now, right? Uh, this privacy movement will, will obviously, uh, I'm using the word obviously because it just seems so obvious. It will not reverse trend, right? We, were, we are going to continue demanding more privacy and more rights as, as data citizens ourselves. What's StartPage's uh, role going to be like in, in that 10 years from now? I mean, it's a pure guess, right? And your guess is as good as mine. And also like we look to people like yourself and Cameron who are thought leaders in the space to kind of help shape that and help push for like what you need. Um, One of our strongest information sources is this group that we have called the Start Page Insiders. And so these are people that have been using us for some some of them for 15 years. Um, And they're literally like, hey, can I get a currency converter? Can we get a translator? Can we get, and and our team's like, yes, (laughs) you know? So like this year we launched a private shopping feature, um, which is exciting. So you can um, search for an item and in your search results, it will show the prices of it. And, you know, um, there's no record of that. So you're not kind of building that um, kind of knowledge that they know that you're in the market for it and then maybe not get the best price. Um, So that private shopping feature is something that came out this year. Um, we also have um, a currency converter that came out this year. In a week, we're promoting or announcing our uh, stocks where you can search about stocks and cryptocurrencies all without any track uh, tracking on that. And then, um, you know, what we want to do is just make it so easy and accessible. So if you talk about like five years from now, if we could have, you know, a better um, default options in browsers, um, you know, have a better extension where it's like one click install and we're protecting you not only in search and browsing, but perhaps, you know, blocking cookies, um, 
that is something that we're like actively working on that I can't super talk about, but um, it's coming. Well, down you already started. Let's keep well, going. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Band-aids off. Um, it's, just between, it's just between a few of us and a couple mm-hmm. listeners, a few thousand mm-hmm. listeners. Don't worry. We, yeah. We keep but maybe fun. like a more succinct way to answer your question is we have 15 years of trust with people. Yeah what we do is entirely invisible, right? Like you can go and look at like, Chrome tools to see what data is being passed when you search on start page and you see that it's nothing. Um, but like to the lay person, what we do is entirely invisible and built on trust. Um, and so for us, we want to continue to build that trust with more people and be synonymous with privacy and just continue to offer more privacy options, whether that be, um, you know, an extension uh, blocker, whether it potentially becomes a browser one day. Um, I didn't, didn't mention, but we do have start mail, which is a private email um, for individuals cool. and enterprise level. Um, and it's what we use as a team. And it's great. I didn't see, I learned something new again. I did not know that. So I assume this is something kind of similar to like uh, the other private mail services that are out there. What's yeah. the offer? Um, so, um, has fun things where it can, you can create like alias, um, email addresses. So if you're signing up, like you have to like, to get behind a paywall, you have to give an email address. It'll create like an, you can create an alias email. Um, you can send all of your messages are encrypted. Even if you send it out to somebody else, like outside of the start mail ecosystem, you can, um, add like encryption, um, in your messages. Um, it's a full full service, yeah. Email, um, cool. yeah. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, going to the privacy topic, just personally, I just want to know when you hear the term privacy, what does that mean to you personally? And have you ever experienced anything outside of your career or anything like that when it comes to someone invading your privacy, um, anything like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think about this stuff a lot. Um, one person said to me and I, I was like, Oh, I love this. Cause privacy means so many different things to people. You could say I like, I'm in a wall with, or I'm in a room with no windows, um, no cameras, no connection to the outside world. Somebody closes the door and they go, you have your privacy now. And like, that's privacy, but that's not necessarily like what I want. Mm-hmm. To me, privacy is more about having this choice of when and how I share my personal data and like that working knowledge of how it's being used. Um, so I, I use social media. Um, I, um, but I, I go into it knowing like how to protect myself, um, or ways that I'm not going to ever be able to protect myself with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, privacy is about kind of choosing when and what I can share versus that, you know, kind of clueless mentality where you're just on there and um, someone is collecting your data, monitoring your data. I had an intruder in my room. Tell me about your privacy. (laughs) There is none when you have a young one around. I was going to say your description of uh, the the white room, I was going to say that sounds more like an insane asylum, but 
Uh, yeah. I didn't. I, I think that was pretty evident. Um, it's all perspective, my friend. It's all perspective. Yeah. True. Um, I can appreciate that. And now I'm going to use a question that we do use a lot because I'm curious on what you would say. Okay. Because we get a lot of different answers, but let's, uh, Gabe. I don't know. What do you think? What, what should we? Kind of put this hundred dollar budget. Is this the hundred dollar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I, you know what? I, correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly, but uh, but start page is more consumer focused, right? Which is to say, um, I could be wrong. I mean, I guess there is an enterprise focus to the business as well. But let's say I were on the consumer side of this, right? Like I'm I'm your everyday user. Where can I put a hundred dollars that would help me protect my privacy? Start page is free. So that's that's a good start. What else? What else could I do with that hundred bucks? Um, I would definitely recommend a start mail email account plug. <laughs> <laughs> sure, shameless plug, no worries. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the best part is that start page is free. Um, things that like my team use, um, like if you're working with international teams or just kind of teams that are dispersed, um, a good password manager. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh. We had a woman working with us, Kim Crawley, who's a cybersecurity writer. Uh, you know, I she, know Kim. Yeah, she's oh, great. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She worked with us for a few months, and I just learned a ton uh, while she was there. And this was a tip that she gave me that I've been using. She uh, Buy a bunch of, like, Visa credit card gift cards, mm-hmm. and that's what you should be using online for payment so you don't have to enter your credit card everywhere. Mm. Um, and... I was like, oh, that's genius. Um, and then also maybe like you're paying more attention <laughs> to right. spending online. Yeah. But those are extra steps. I just want yep. to use my card. Those are extra steps. I know. The extra steps. Yeah. I feel like there that's are... what the, mm. the, the normal person would complain about, right? But There are. I mean, I have one credit card that offers the ability to use uh, virtual cards. And I know I can do it. I, Never looked into how there's, it's too many steps. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to do it. Uh, I mean, it's a credit card, right? So my my take on it is like, look, they're on the hook for it anyway. I just don't use my I just don't use my bank card online. Like I do not. Uh, use, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't use my personal bank card online at all. But. That's that's definitely very safe. Um, yeah, like there's yeah. Uh, I I feel like I feel more secure with less of my financial information out online. Indeed, and it's uh, it's worrying to know that it's it's certainly very much ready out there. It's, it's interesting, um, Gabe. I don't know if this would be interesting or not to talk about, but mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, you were saying you've like talked with people about like you know what if your search history was yeah and like. Um, so we had this huge campaign in Berlin, Germany, um, actually like more than half of our searches come from, from Europe with the highest in Germany. Mm. Um, and so we did our first major marketing campaign out there with like billboards and yada, yada. Um, but we did one influencer kind of prank stunt where this influencer who has over a million followers on YouTube and Instagram auctioned off his search history on eBay. Nice. And the highest bid got to 110,000 euros. Wow. And um, eBay actually shut down the auction because he said this is like an unreasonable exchange. Really? 
And then, um, but always from like the onset, it was going to be that start page like swoops in and, you know, (laughs) he doesn't have to sell his search history, but then, you know, he talks to his followers about, listen, the reality is, is your search history is like not private to begin with. It can be subpoenaed. It's, you know, it's a long tail of your digital profile behind you that's following it. So like clear your, you know, your cookies all day long, but like this still exists, this profile on you. Um, And then, you know, tease up like why you might want to search the start page. Um, But it was like, it was wild to see, uh, you know, the bidding just take off and to get to that that number. Yeah. In a... I, I have uh, a bit of an attacker's mindset, just having you know grown up in the infosec world as as a ethical hacker. And it occurs to me that you could do a lot of other nefarious things. I I could create a bit of malware that uh, that scooped up all of your search history. And if I found anything that I thought uh, you might not be so fond of, you know, I could I could ransom that back to you. Like, hey. You pay me, pay me hundred bucks, or everyone sees this, Kelly. Everyone's yeah. gonna know that you're like Furbies. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oops, I gave it away. Ah, now it's now the ransom's worthless. But um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know of many other ways that the average individual can protect their their search history and privacy. Like I can, I can share with our audience what I do. But again, it's one of those unreasonable things that I don't expect others to be able to do. I actually have a virtual private server that's hosted in Germany. And okay. on that server, I actually I have uh, my own personally configured VPN, um, which I use to proxy through. And it, depending on what I want to do, I will I will use that proxy and, and just pop out the other side somewhat anonymously. Um, th- that requires a certain level of technical sophistication. That's not, it's not, at least in my opinion, it's not a really high bar to entry, but it's certainly way higher than anyone should need to have and certainly anyone outside of my professional circles like there's no one in my in my private life that would even get close to being able to pull this off and and those aren't the kind of hoops everyone should have to go through so having a service available that just brings that to the masses is uh is quite necessary yeah welcome back cam what's the, thank you what's the uh what's the verdict i'm good we're, we're live we're still going yes there we go yeah i fixed my i fixed my uh you know yeah, my, my browsing history. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, for how the, perfect for the listening audience. Every last one of us, all three of us, has had at least one significant technology blow-up issue in the last sixty minutes. It's uh, it's fun. It's that's technology for you. Yeah, I, I hope I could piece this thing together, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if not, Kelly, you'll be getting a call on your off day, and we'll yeah. have to re-record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down to come back and hang out. Uh, it's funny. We, All right. we, we might have to. We'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, where where did we leave off? So um, we did the. Did we ever get to answer the hundred dollar question? I think uh, we did, right? I mean, we covered it. I think we covered it. Yeah, okay. I, we we were we 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 moved into uh, an interesting campaign that uh, the Start Page team uh, was had executed on. I don't know. I forgot when you said Kelly last year, was it? Or, or somewhere in recent. Only a few weeks ago. Only a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Only a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. I I would have loved to have seen that state side too. Like I, I would pay a lot of money for certain people's search histories. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. When, so, Cam, do you want me to bring you up to speed on that? Yeah. Because I was, you can do that. And then I have a question to, to follow up with that. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, so essentially, you know, Gabe and I were talking about, um, when he first started saying, you know, how would you feel if your search history was made public? Right. Um, and I said, you know, as a part of this Berlin marketing campaign that we've been doing the last month, um, you know, we had billboards and all of that stuff, but, uh, to really get people to think about that and to kind of squirm about that, uh, we worked with an influencer that has over a million followers on YouTube, um, uh, loads of followers on Instagram, and he auctioned off his search history on eBay. <laughs> and so, um, it was all a stunt, right. To raise conversation around privacy. Um, yeah. but in a matter of four days, the bids got to over 110,000 euros for his personal search history. And then eBay actually shut down the auction, citing it as an unreasonable price. <laughs> Um, and really like the goal at the end of the day was that he wasn't going to actually give his search sure. history. Um, but he was going to talk about to his followers about the fact that your search history is never private anyways. Um, it's being stored in your digital profile. It's being auctioned off to advertisers. It can be subpoenaed in civil court cases and criminal court cases. Um, and that really like, if you don't want to have anyone be able to find your search history, use this private search engine like start page. Um, but I mean, I was blown away to see that, that hit that number so fast. That's crazy. I, so there's, there, there's another question too though, Cam, if you could, if you could purchase anyone's search history, whose would it be? <laughs> oh gosh. No, that's actually, are we, are, that, question goes, we... that question goes to you first, Kelly. Oh yeah. 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 I forgot. I'm, this is, this is, this is, you're the star of the show. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> um, I mean like maybe like a really top investor. Ooh. Um, hey, I like see, how you think. I like how you right? think. And be like, okay, like, they're interested in these companies. I'm going to invest in those companies or like maybe, um, like a company that does really cool, um, R and D. And be like, okay, what are they looking at right now? And I'll steal their product. <laughs> I like the way you think. I'm I'm just a mischievous little bastard, and I'm thinking I, I just I just want to get like my neighbor search issue, but not but not so I can pry, just so I can like like casually drop comments about things he's been looking for, and just have him go like, yeah, just freak him out, just um, freak him out all the time, just, just constantly so freak him out. <laughs> There's a real news story of like somewhere, I think like in middle America where um, a neighbor called the police and said that their next door neighbor um, had like an indecent exchange with their child and they didn't feel comfortable with it and they wanted the police to know. Um, and then the police had a conversation with that neighbor and it like infuriated him to the point where he hacked his neighbor's internet and started searching about terrorism and oh, horrible boy. things, which Jeez. like alerted the FBI. And then like, they came to this guy's house and were like, you're under arrest. <laughs> and then <laughs> they were able to trace it back to this like neighbor who was pissed off. Yeah. When hacking goes bad, every, everyone always forgets to cover your tracks part of the hacking thing there. So go online, download a couple of tools, and they, and they all think that they're uh, the next Mr. Robot or something. So, okay, but like, what kind of hacking do you do? 
Uh, I mean, these days, most of the hacking I do is a whole lot of people hacking, which is just to say it, I spend a lot of my time trying to understand the problems that, that people are facing and how I can actually use technology to solve those problems. In my earlier ethical hacking days, um, it ranged from forensic hacking. So I would recover data. Um, uh, specifically, I worked once for uh, for a prominent diverse divorce firm in New York, which is uh, we should do an episode just on that one day because I've got some fascinating stories there. Um, uh, I spent a lot of time just doing plain old systems hacking, and then I spent probably like five or six years doing web application hacking, which is where most of the world exists today is in your web applications. And so I spent a lot of time breaking and smashing those things for the purpose of building security products that would make them better. Um, these days, I don't do a ton of hacking, although speaking of like hacking the neighbors and whatnot, I do happen to have my trusty pineapple Wi-Fi device right here. So this is, uh, this is a rogue access point that if you were to connect to, um, well, let's just say all of your privacy would be lost. At that point, I, I would have gained complete control over, over everything you do. Um, so I still dabble and mess around just for, you know, mostly fun. No, no profit, no, no profit, and certainly no revenge. Or uh, see, I, I would find it far more amusing to get my neighbor back by like snooping on his browsing history, but then just like dropping weird comments. That that would be my idea of revenge. Like, yeah, what a what a great day for a Garfield comic, eh? <laughs> I, you know, I, I was having a conversation. I this thought brought up a funny thing. Like, how funny would it be if you were either doing the, the same thing you guys are talking about or if you're uh, with your coworkers and one of your coworkers is your neighbor and what you do is you um, go and maybe like he didn't think that you were very close friends but you take a selfie with him <laughs> him or her and then like three minutes later you have it on your desktop but you cropped him out <laughs> so <laughs> just like stuff like that just Makes me giggle yeah. because I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I too am a child. I understand. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. too am a man child. I completely um, get <laughs> my like my first real office job um, was actually in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And one of our favorite pranks we would do is we would turn people's desktop home screen upside down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they had to go in their settings and like reconfigure. Um, yeah, I mean, I miss, I miss breaks. I love breaks. Yeah. The, the easy one is to switch the mouse uh, thing out of your USB and then control it from somewhere else. <laughs> that one's always fun. A classic. Ah. The, the things not to probably do. Yeah. <laughs> not so of. professional. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, before we get into our dark, deep secrets and have a little more fun, is there anything else that you want to bring up that we didn't bring up? Um, you know what? Um, Gabe sort of alluded to it, and it was more of a kind of a question and conversation for you guys. Is yes, StartPage is primarily a consumer product, right? Uh, we usually deal one on one with a user who wants to protect their their search history and their their browsing history. But I mean, you guys are consulting with top companies and helping them manage and understand the data protection. Like, do you see an enterprise opportunity for a private search engine? Like, you know, should companies care about collecting their employees' search history? You know, should if I am that 
um, investing company care about Google potentially seeing what my entire office is searching for? Mm. That's a great question. So the advertising tech business, uh, ad tech, as it would be, uh, already uses a lot of information that it gets from uh, company searches to understand when someone may be interested in a product. So for example, if I were sitting at Spirit and I started Googling around for, you know, firewalls, uh, and then I landed on a company's page that sells firewalls, they, they get a bit of information that goes, ah, someone at Spirit is interested in buying a firewall. They get that information. And so it's a good question. Should they know that? Uh, is there, is there some inherent right to privacy that you may not want others to know that, um, Arguably, if I were if I were an attacker and I were curious to understand, you know, kind of what your organization was up to in any number of ways, yeah, your search issue would would your your corporate search issue would be a very very good target for that. Um, I, I can only imagine what I could find out by mining the search history of an entire organization as a as a unit um, versus just a specific individual. I think this work from anywhere scenario, as well as uh, the move to the cloud may make a lot of that difficult though, right? Because you don't really know who's searching for what, especially the larger the company is. Like, you know, if someone searched for something at Microsoft, good luck, like, <laughs> right. So someone searching something at Spirit, yeah, maybe you've got a better chance. I, I think that, I think generally speaking, the answer to your question is corporations, uh, I, don't, I don't know that I've seen the realized need to protect their own privacy, but that may just be one of those, you know, unrecognized needs that they genuinely have. They just haven't, they just haven't figured out that they have it yet. Mm. Uh, it's a great question. I don't have a better answer for you than that, but we should, we should pose that when we post this, this, uh, this episode and let's, let's get some feedback from, from our listeners and see what they think. I, as you say it out loud though, you know, if I were running an organization, yeah, I, I would want to, I would want to keep all of that pretty private. Um, most organizations do run some type of a, a, uh, a, a caching proxy, um, which caches searches so that when you go to search for something, it speeds up. Most of that, again, we've pushed that to the cloud, to other con- con- CDNs and, and, and content delivery networks. But you, know, you, you, you still, as an organization, have some control over all of that cache searching that your organization as a whole does. Someone, someone's looking at it. Yeah. Someone's looking at it. Someone's definitely analyzing it. There's yeah. no two ways about it. There, there is, there's no data that exists in this planet that someone isn't figuring out how to monetize as we speak. And so I would be inclined to, to say you should, you should keep searching down that path because there's probably something there. But uh, our audience, I think those, those are the right folks to ask the question to. We'll pose it to them. Awesome. No, excited to hear what they say. Great question. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, by the way, that could, have doubled, oh. that could have doubled as our how can we help you segment. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right. It's a twofer. Cam's like, yes, I forgot about that segment. <laughs> oh, yeah, that segment. <laughs> Good call. It, um, it comes back every now and then. But That's now. right. Back to you, Maestro. <laughs> so, Deep Dark Secrets. This is this is our fun section where we get to know you a little bit, uh, you know, more on on privacy, please. So it's uh, it's ironic. So, first question: What is your biggest pet peeve? 
What I really mean, chewing with your mouth open is pretty big pet peeve. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That one should just be on the top of everyone's list and just it's like in Wheel of Fortune, they give you whatever those four letters are. Like you should just get that one as one of the options. It's like you get that as a freebie. It's just awful. <laughs> Close your mouth, people. What's wrong? <laughs> Close your mouth. You know there's only one food that makes me want to smack. What's that? Whenever I eat cereal. Really? I don't I don't know why. And usually that should be alone. Or, you eat know. a lot of cereal, too, though. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Don't you? I don't eat a lot. No, no. I don't remember you eating a lot of cereal. I did. It's very rare. If it is, it's Cheerios. It's very simple. All right. Fair enough. But that's for some reason. That's the only, only thing that makes me. In, the, in gum, if I'm alone. Just like, you know. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a childhood kind of thing that you've brought forward, eating cereal. I think it is, to be honest with you, uh, for my brothers mm. when I think about it. But I don't know. Serious question. If music were a deal breaker, which artist would be a red flag for you? <laughs> I don't know why this came up, um, but uh, I would say Psy, <laughs> the South Korean pop star, oh, style. Yeah. While I had a lot of fun in that yeah, time no. period. That's um, a red flag. Wait, wait, wait. You got to you gotta sing it for me. I'm not sure. What? I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I remember. <laughs> I I I will decline. Yeah. Decline. Okay. You're gonna go get a clip of it. And you're gonna. I'm gonna, you're gonna have you're to. You're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That's. that's I tried that's a deal breaker. That's Wait, absolutely. Also, like, what a weird thing to pop in my head. Like that is a weird. How long ago is that? Yeah. That would be a deal breaker. <laughs> um. If you if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, well, um, I did hear on Debbie's um, interview with you guys. She said like the same one, and I think it's so true—the power to be invisible. And like, also, how did I find myself working at a private search engine? Like, yeah, pretty well. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I just think that you could do so many things. Like you could so many creepy things. So many creepy things, but like also like not even that. So um, yeah. no one's gonna want to live next door to any of us. Just for the record, we, after, <laughs> I just want to be clear. Like we've we've made it clear that we are bad neighbors. We are we are the worst kind of neighbors you could ask for. But like you know, uh, you know, I think about like okay, like what the superpowers could lend themselves to. Like you could travel anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, I could just get on a plane, freeze time, or like be invisible, like walk through. Get on a plane, fly, fly Cut wherever. Line anywhere on roller coasters. Line anywhere. I could rob banks. I could rob banks. Limitless money. Um, who's gonna know? I mean, I mean, probably someone that's gonna be like, "Why is there a bag floating? Well, floating out there, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, you gotta think this one through, people. Think yeah, this one okay. through." <laughs> Jogging with it. <laughs> like, huh? It's uh, that's stuff you don't see every day. You know what would be more acceptable is if you went and stole some puppies from a, a shelter or something. That would be the judges will allow. Yeah, yeah that would be. Okay. I mean, and some money, and some money because you have to have money to feed them. Well, puppies eat a lot. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Do it for the puppies. <laughs> if you. <laughs> If you um, if you had well, actually, you know what? Since this past year, what has been your go-to or favorite snack or drink? 
Um, a lot of these sparkling beverages, um, mm-hmm. you know, water, it can get pretty boring. <laughs> yes. So mix it up. Um, literally mix it with some yeah. hard liquor, liquor <laughs> if you need to. Totally. If you had to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like snacks, honestly. So interesting thing is like my snack level went way down. Um, you know, start page has limitless snacks in the office. Um, and, um, I think I'm a healthier person at home because, you know, I'm not getting cookies and snacks every yeah. other second. That's fair. That's actually true. Unless you have a company that's, you know, has healthy snacks. Yeah. They have healthy snacks, but I mean, like, it may have a cookie or a carrot, you know. Oh, yeah. Look, when it's just sitting there, it's just easy to grab it, right? Like, versus, like, if there's just a bowl of fruit on the table versus, like, the bowl of cookies, it's it's just really easy. It's just yeah. true. I'll it's take like that. when when your favorite movie's on TV, you're just going to watch it even though you've seen it on True. Times. Yeah. Like instead of no- just putting it on, if it's on, you'll watch it. But And I watch like nothing, but I, I can remember like <laughs> Die Hard would come on in TNT and be like, I obviously have to watch this. <laughs> oh, well, even with the commercials. <laughs> right. Even with the commercials, like clearly. I'm not turning this off now. <laughs> um, what's up? Um, <laughs> <laughs> is there one application app is there one app that you use that you absolutely dislike but you have to use it oh gosh um i don't know um i can't really think of one that like i really have to use and dislike Stumped her. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. That's okay. That's and a hard question. In front of me um, also. Now I'm like thinking about what apps do I even use? Um, I do use them. I believe you. I would hope so. I mean, for a couple of things, but. Um, yeah, now I'm thinking which one would I. What, Gabe, have I ever asked you that question? I'm curious. What app do you use that you dislike? Uh, Maybe that'll spark an idea. Yeah, for no, Kelly. that one for me is kind of easy because it's privacy related as well too. It's um, and it's three of them, but they're kind of all the same. But I switch between them. But it's all of my uh, my navigation apps. I hate them. Um, I love them obviously because they help me get places. Um, I remember I, I'm old enough to remember a time when you know one had to navigate without them. Although I wasn't doing a whole lot of driving. Then. Thomas guide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Tom Toms and whatnot. So it's like, but having something that's disconnected, but you know, like now you get out of your car and it's like, Oh yeah, don't forget you parked right here. And I'm like, that's an awesome feature, but I don't like that. You know that Google, right? I don't like that. You know that at all. I didn't and ask so, you to do that. Yeah. I didn't ask you to do that. That's right. I didn't ask you to do that. Don't, don't do that. Um, so it's a love hate relationship with all of my navigation apps. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I got a really good question for you. If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? Oh, okay. First thing that comes to mind. Delicious. Ooh. Um. <laughs> Judges will allow it. Yeah, I'll it's take delicious. that. I'll take it some more delicious. delicious. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have a delicious and jelly, please. <laughs> Trim the edges. Cut it that actually works. Quick. I had uh, I had some protein waffles with peanut butter and bananas this morning with honey. Oh, wow. I know. I know. You're I eating well. I tried to. I had to mix it up. I was getting a little tired of eggs. Yeah. 
Well, Kelly, uh, this has been really fun and challenging at the same time from all three of our <laughs> network difficulties. We did it. We did it. We did it, folks. I hope we'll see. <laughs> but but really uh, on a serious note really appreciate you taking the time to to come on here with us we really uh this community around privacy and security and and i think everybody's involved in it no matter where you are and uh, i really appreciate for you know your your interest in this and and coming on the show and sharing what you do and, and what your company does and i think it's super helpful and important to for uh, others like myself to to use a private browsing uh private browsing uh, private browser. All right. Those I mean, are my words. Thank you guys. Uh, I have to say, like, you kind of just bring um, a level of fun and conversation around, you know, topics that sometimes people can get freaked out over and kind of want to turn off from. Um, but, you know, in all of your episodes, you just make privacy a lot more accessible and interesting. So thank you guys for all the work that you're doing on Privacy Link. Well, thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure to have you, Kelly. Hopefully, we'll have you back again sometime in the future. And uh, the next time you guys are doing one of those cool promo things, I want to know all about it. It sounds, it sounds fascinating. I, I, I'll bid on one of those. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Until know. next time. Yes. I just wanted to thank all of you out there for tuning in each and every week. And to all of our amazing guests for coming on. I, I know that there are millions of other shows and it means the world to have you with us on this journey. We are so grateful that you choose to listen to us each and every week. If you like the show, tell a friend, have them tell their friends and then make, maybe make some new friends along the way. Uh, so we can continue to spread the word and keep learning together. Let's protect what matters most. And by the way, DJ, can you go ahead and drop that outro beat and keep it classy? We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>